You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com, bringing you the freshest radio in Brooklyn since 2009. Hear directly from chefs to farmers, artists to architects, authors to brewers, and everyone in between. Check out all of our shows on our website or by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes store. On behalf of everybody at HeritageRadioNetwork.com, we'd like to send a special thank you to the Hearst Ranch, our biggest supporter and longest-running sponsor since we first started in 2009. Hearst Ranch is the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. Since 1865, the Hearst family has raised cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of the Central California coast. The result is beef with extraordinary flavor that's as memorable and natural as the surrounding landscape. For more information, visit www.hearstranch.com. All right, welcome to Let's Eat In. I'm your host, Kathy Irway, and... This is Heritage Radio Network at Roberta's Pizza on a sweltering Monday in July. Uh, what other way would it be in the middle of July? <laughs> so um, I'm really excited to talk about this uh, amazing new concept. Um, you, you know, it used to be back in the day, you know, there was food magazines, there was, there was a blog, and then there were such things as apps, and now there's everything in between. Um, and then this uh, food-related site is called Goji, and it's something... A little more, I guess, involved that I'm sure the founders can talk about some more. Um, so we have Veronica Chan and Mike Laval from Goji.com. Thanks so much for being here. Hi. How are you? Hey, Thanks for having hey. us on. Good. So <laughs> it's kind of mysterious because it, it is its own thing. Um, and how do you describe what Goji is? Yeah, sure. So Goji, what we do is we curate recipes from food writers all over the world and mm-hmm. on the internet. And we curate what we think are the best ones, the most interesting ones, and the coolest ones to cook that you might uh, want to eat, and package them and deliver them to you in a really cool visual interface. So if you mm-hmm. go to dot com, uh, you can log on right now and check it out. So it's like a food browsing uh, helper? I don't, I don't know. Food recipe... Custom yeah, so, created too. Yeah, so. when you have a craving, so if you're sitting there, like you open your refrigerator and you're like, God, you know, what, what, do I, what do I want to eat? And I have chicken in my fridge, and you, mm-hmm. you, you've been making the same 20 uh, recipes for the last five years, and, and you want something different <laughs> and something that's kind of curated and uh, tried and tested by a big community, then, then you come to our site and you type in chicken. And we're going to show you stuff you never knew you can make with chicken. That's right not on. too complicated, and yeah. that's going to taste really good and make you really hungry. So it, yeah, because it's kind of a crapshoot when you're just searching in Google or something or something, you know, just average. And this experience is totally customized, right? Because you could go in there and... Well, it's based on ingredients, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting because usually when you're searching for recipes, you're going in searching for chicken cacciatore. But in our case, we're trying to get you inspired and discover new things. Um, and the great thing is that we've taken the time to pick out what we think are the best ones. So you won't get any uh, subpar recipes that we hope not, at least. Um, are you going to so, eat them all and test them? We're working our way slowly. <laughs> yeah, we're slowly working our way. And loosening our belt in the process. But, but yeah, but, everyone asks us, you know, what's your best algorithm? You know, oh my God, you're such a data site and blah, blah, blah. It's so cool. And I was like, our best algorithm is Veronica Chan. <laughs> 
and and I mean I mean we choose the ones that we think are delicious and I mean there's no there's no science behind it it's yeah. really it's a really like a human thing that we do yeah. so there's no robot on the internet that can replace that human touch yeah. and how did you become an expert on what's delicious and all things delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well my background is in food marketing and mm-hmm. I, I've been working um, closely with my mom before this and she's an expert in food and uh, Wendy Chan, who's on the show once. Yeah, she yeah. was on the show. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. But, Chan. <laughs> but, um, but, I mean, I grew up, literally, like, we had a, a cafe and bakery growing up, and I've been immersed in the food world since I was born. So it's really, I mean, it's kind of also being around all these people that love food and connecting with them and kind of having a pulse on what people like. And I yeah. think... Um, you seem to have the, like a really great diverse selection of bloggers. Yeah, some that are new, some that are old. So yeah, I, some I really never heard of. Sh- I really, I really try to to kind of have a range, not yeah. just one specific type, and kind of cover it all that way. And, right. that's, and that's a big thing about how we we even choose the bloggers is a lot of it's like their story. So yeah. we don't just look at a recipe and put it on the site. It's you know we read through the entire blog. You know why are they blogging? What are they blogging about? Yeah, I noticed it was a little up close and personal. Literally when I was looking <laughs> through and I saw my face like huge and I was like oh my gosh. <laughs> but then it made sense like looking through all the other people. They're like you know doing stuff. They're talking a little bit about yeah who they are and, different uh, perspectives. Yeah. I think that different voices. So I mean. It could be. It could. You can all make different the same recipe, but it's from a different approach. Yeah, I mean, mo- most of the writers have a reason why they're writing, or there's something unique about their family or where they live that introduces a different flavor to the recipes that they're cooking. So having that context around making a decision about what to eat just takes it to a whole new level. And I think that's kind of what you feel when you're in our site and you're looking through our recipes and our contributors. Is it's like a much more personal experience. You know, it's right. not just like. You know, you're not in Google recipes, and it's not a formula. And like, I feel like I'm working. When I go to other recipe sites, I feel like it's a work. Yeah. But when you go to our site, it's just like you feel like you're in like a family. You know, you're surrounded by like your friends, and it's just really fun. The recipes are really cool, and you kind of know the people. And that's the feeling we're trying to create. Yeah. Uh, that we just haven't found elsewhere. I was talking with a, a, another cookbook writer for a while, and uh, a while ago, and you mentioned like, you know, you can't have a cookbook without a real personal perspective and voice, and that's really the backbone of a lot of cookbooks. You might not think so. You might just be searching through. Um, you know, to find a recipe. But, um, you know, recipes always have a story. And uh, I don't know if you grew up in, like, a church where, like, people would clip their story, their recipes and put them together in a binder and it's Mrs. So-and-so something. Yeah. It it always comes from a person. It's the narrative and the story behind the recipe that's really powerful. Like, the Mm -hmm. reason that you're cooking it or the technique behind it, you discovered it through this way. I think that's what's the... Uh, what makes each recipe so unique? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's your background, Mike? Do you, uh, are you I mean, the software? <laughs> no, no, I no, no software. But I had a strange background. I, mean, I grew up eating. I guess that's kind of where my like affinity for food came from. So like usually at the table, but uh, <laughs> just my mom was probably the biggest influence in terms of how I started cooking, learning to cook. Because she never really followed recipes. I mean, I think she just yeah. her mom taught her how to cook. So I had two brothers. We used to just watch her at the kitchen and just watch her do stuff and then tried to replicate it on our own when she would out, go out to dinner and leave us, like, at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We'd be like, how did Mom make that sauce again? And we'd just, like, trial and error. So I spent, like, ten years of trial and error just trying to recreate from my memory, like, what she was doing in the kitchen. But What's, what's one of your... Uh 
biggest successes you think? Yeah. Oh, her meat sauce. Like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah it was fun. so tricky. Like, there's fake. no, there shouldn't be any recipe for meat sauce. <laughs> well, there, there was, she had none, but okay. we just, uh, for us, we were like really trying to figure out. Like, it took us, a, I think, five years to really like, get the right balance between like sugar and salt. And like, and then the problem is now she tries to do all these cool things. Like, she clips out recipes for different meat sauces, like putting different things in. Hmm. Like, mom, like, this is, what is this? It's not even as good. <laughs> no, no. She's like, different meats. We're like, can you make that thing you made 20 years ago? She's like, I tried to make it better if you're like no there's nothing better than what you did you're like growing up so uh but so yeah so then it's a kind of different long path than where i am now there's uh i spent five years in the army um and did a lot of eating there a lot of different places and uh then was in finance for a while and Mm. i sat next to my technical co-founder uh tian he when i was there and we just used to eat uh so in banking it's an interesting environment you're there like 20 hours a day so everyone (laughs) kind of eats all their meals together eat breakfast lunch and dinner so every meal all of us would sit down and just eat together and we always talked about food and can never quite remember like all the things we ate so tian and i just really one day we're just like man i wish we could you know really track the food we eat and i wish we knew more about where it was coming from and all this analytical stuff and a long a year later, here we are. <laughs> it just took a lot of different paths to get here. That's but quite a just, drastic transformation in one year. Yeah, cool. it was. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> right on. Congratulations. I know you guys just launched last Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, this reception, I, I see a lot of chatter about it, a lot of buzz, which is great. Do you have? Did you have any like uh, models in mind when you, when you came up with Goji? Like, were you like, it's the blank for food or like? No. Yeah, that's evolved no. a lot. Okay. Uh, over the last, I mean, definitely, like, we started out as like we wanted to be mint for food. So mint was your mint? budget and analytics. Mint.com. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so it was like a big data. Like, I like minty food. Yeah, yeah, like I mint like mint. Food. No, so we, we, we started off with the data angle. And, uh, and then it evolved into Twitter for food, which was like we wanted to curate content based off of what you shop for and what you buy. So one of the unique things about our site is we actually have a partnership with a supermarket in New York City called D'Agostino's, which has 15 uh, stores. And we built a data link to their rewards card. Okay. So if you happen to shop at D'Agostino's in New York City, you can type in your reward card number onto our site. I upload everything you've bought in the last year and that you buy regularly. And now you're getting all these cool recommendations that are based off of your actual shopping patterns. Well, that's kind of handy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People like it who use it. And, you know, something that can happen on a much larger, larger scale with other like, grocery store supermarkets. Yeah. So we have to figure out how to uh, get a way to introduce that to other. Uh, I bet it's a win-win. Yeah. Good. So um, that's kind of an interesting aspect. So fun. So it's still evolving then. You yeah, still... definitely. So now it's just, I mean, it's kind of like an online cookbook right now, but it's just a lot yeah. more more fun like very like interesting content and we mm-hmm. like and I, I think the inspiration behind the current site uh the designers really were looking at cookbooks for inspiration mm-hmm. um and like the visual like the visual is so important the visual is so yeah. great yeah i mean yeah. Uh, it's so inspiring it inspires you to even if you don't know how to cook, to attempt to cook at least. Yeah, yeah, you definitely, you guys definitely sifted through there and found like all the shots that are just gorgeous. In a way, <laughs> it's kind of like editing a cookbook then, and, I guess. And, so. and on top of just like the cookbooks we looked at, we also looked at fashion for a lot of inspiration. So we'd spent a like lot Like fashion of, blogs or yeah, fashion? fashion blogs, yeah. fashion magazines, fashion websites, fashion brands. Okay. So we spent a lot of time thinking through like how do people pick their clothes even, right? So yeah. you, have, you might have a wardrobe full of the same things you've been wearing all the time, 
but maybe if you introduce a new piece, you could rearrange your whole wardrobe, right? There's a lot of different ways to piece that together. Mm-hmm. So that kind of went into some of the like genesis behind how we got to the like the website we have now. But then it was also and how is it all displayed? Mm. So we did spend a lot of time on like fashion blogs, like reading fashion magazines, like how are they showing the clothes? Like how are I they showing see. the people behind the clothes? So yeah. it was a combination of like the food world, the fashion world, and like. It all kind of merged together to this thing called Goji. <laughs> oh, it looks great. Very sleek. Don't ask me what that I means. Can see that. I don't know what <laughs> Do you think that people um, look for rest, like look for food with their eyes a lot more nowadays? Because we have so many visual, uh, just you know, things, mediums. I, I definitely think you so. Do. I think when you, if you pick up any food magazine, that's really the main draw. It's right. not. It's yeah, not text. True. It's the. It's the photos that. It's a, your eyes are connected to your stomach. It's like you see something and it kind of incites you like in an instinctual way. Like, I want to eat that. And that's kind of what we're trying to like kind of brew up with goji.com. And and it also kind of like harkens back to like that innate human behavior, right? So when you have like little kids and you put them in front of a plate of food, very often times they reach for color. Uh-huh. Right, because like you're programmed to eat different color stuff. That's where nutrients are. So like that changes over time because you're conditioned to like grab French fries because they taste like they taste so good and they're like, uh-huh. horrible. I mean, I love French fries, but they're not great for like three year olds. Uh, but three year olds, if you give them a chance and you don't precondition them to eat certain foods, they reach for color. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that we tried. I mean, not tried to do, but I think it's just a human behavior that's really natural, and people just Colors. yeah divert to it. Yeah. Do you, are you gonna separate recipes by color? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling like a red. Well, I want to talk about one little feature. Yeah. Spent a lot of time on it. I really <laughs> loves. As you're browsing through our site, uh, if you look at the share button on the top right, it actually matches to the color of each recipe. And people might think that that's a super powerful ag- algorithm, but it's really me just spending a day. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thinks I wasted my time, so I really love if people would write us or tweet about us and say that's like the best feature on the site. And that's why. You're <laughs> Because it'll make me feel really good <laughs> and prove everyone else on the team wrong. Yeah, beautiful. That's the best share button I've ever seen on the internet. <laughs> nice details. Well, good to know that you know these these things. And you guys are a team of like what five people? We're uh, seven. Seven, seven people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just like making food in, with in a small, you know, team with a lot of passion and love. You know, you guys are really doing this uh, with a lot of thought and integrity and and hunger <laughs> I'm sure so I can't wait to see where it goes thanks so much for for doing that um, yeah, did you guys pick a song th- during the break we did it you didn't pick a song <laughs> I'm sure okay, he's got a bunch I'm sure he's got a bunch Jack handy. hook us up yeah alright we'll be right back with Veronica and Mike from Goji after this Service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. 
Every Tuesday at noon, Dave Arnold, the author of CookingIssues.com, will discuss new and innovative techniques, equipment, and ingredients. Call in with your own questions to see if Dave and the crew can solve your cooking issues. Again, that's Tuesdays at noon on the Heritage Radio Network. All right, we're back on Let's Eat End with Veronica Chan and Mike Lavelle. I'm Kathy Array, your host, and we're talking about goji.com, G-O-J-E-E.com, like the goji, or inspired by the goji berry, but spelled differently. Uh, <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a long story behind that, but it's on your website, so I'll let you guys go figure that out yeah, the about it's on us there page. somewhere good, good luck with the about us page i'm not sure how much it's gonna actually tell you we just had fun writing it that's what's important <laughs> it's, it stands out goji berry is a special berry and uh you have a special site um sorry to be corny um so i i thought you guys would be really really good at this at this next quiz question which is um best ever romantic date meal do you have anything that st- jumps out at you yeah, so you like sound when you like get, it whistle. One you oh. can get, yeah, that's a pretty loaded area. <laughs> I know. So one that exists now or one that? Uh, if you have a spe- like a cool story behind. Yeah, I think the best one I ever went to was probably Windows in the World back when it was still up. Oh, now. I remember that yeah, place. Yeah, like an amazing like. That was good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it was so yeah, it was pretty cool, but. Uh, yeah, so best. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm newly back to the dating scene. I was out of it for about three years, so I'm gonna oh. have to like quiz people and figure so you're out. Like, like, I need to know. Yeah, these I, I, I should be a listener for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll defer to Veronica for her favorite. Uh oh. <laughs> um, I I mean, a really romantic date I went on with my current boyfriend. We he brought me to the opening for Lotus of Siam here in New York. And oh. it was like a preview dinner before it even opened up. The Lotus up. of Siam, so it's Thai? Or? It's a Thai restaurant. And I don't know if they're... I think they're still open here, but they originated in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh, they opened up a branch here in New York. And he somehow befriended someone <laughs> who got <laughs> us yeah. in for a preview That's dinner. Fun. And, like, it was really nice. Cool. Yeah, most of my romantic date, like, I love just... Sunday morning, yeah. 11 a.m. with your sunglasses on, sitting outside somewhere. Yeah. Like that's a really cool time for me. Yeah, brunch. Like, yeah, yeah or sure. breakfast. Yeah, uh, or the morning after meal. And I try to get <laughs> early. Like if you can get up early before everyone else, that's even cooler because mm. it's like kind of quiet and you know it's a much different. Uh, if you're there at like one one p.m. or two p.m. when it's a madhouse, like that's not very romantic. That's not romantic. But if you can all. actually get up before 11. And make it to oh. a cool brunch spot at like ten or something. Like uh, right when, when they're yeah, when they're just the opening tables. and you're sitting outside by yourself and the sun isn't too bad yet and like it's a quiet. Wait, you're time. by yourself? No. No, no, no. Wait. I'm saying with a date. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting by yourself. <laughs> Your imaginary <laughs> date. That would be perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you can find that quiet time on a Saturday or Sunday morning, like that's kind of for me. Like, cool. Yeah. Any any dishes in particular jump out? Uh, it sounds like you like spicy Thai, like or yeah. Just, it was. I mean, for me, it's thing. it's about it. Does, it's not about like the the fanciness of the meal. It's all about the experience and okay. like being being there with that person and and discovering something new. I I mean. I'm very Gosh. into like discovering yeah. new restaurants and trying new things. And yeah, there's nothing more annoying than like being with somebody and then they're like the know-it-all and they're like and you're you're totally clueless about. It. Yeah. That's how you feel like yeah. sitting next to Veronica <laughs> all day. <laughs> Every time someone finds something cool, they're just like, "Oh my god, you should totally check it." She's like, "Oh, I went there a year ago and it was really cool." <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, for me, I guess my dish is like eggs, right? Oh, like it's, I mean, you think it's something one. pretty standard, but I like people who do eggs really well. It's pretty important to me. How do you like uh, them? I, I want to say like kind of soft, but like you can also tell if people are using like good eggs versus not good eggs. Mm-hmm. They're usually a little slightly richer color, and they're usually a little better texture, and you can kind of tell that stuff. Uh, so people it's, overdo eggs, like overcook them, like that's devastating for me. Like I yeah. just like it's like poking around with my fork and then grumbling eat it, you know. But like uh, when I watch when I watch people cook eggs on like an egg style, I'm like, oh my god, you're what are you doing? You know? so, like, <laughs> so yeah. I do like a poached egg. I think that's mm, a good, good egg is yeah. very good. gravy on anything. Right. Salads or what have you. So yeah. eggs. Do you guys ever um do you have, do you have a, a cooking favorite, Veronica? Because I know you you're quite a good cook yeah <laughs> cooking favorite i mean i i like home cooking a lot and i think either when it's like my mom's home home cooking or going out to like a small hole in the wall restaurant where it's like done by some older lady that that will cook from like a, their family recipe mm-hmm. that's what i really love yeah. Um, I don't have a specific one that i can think of right now <laughs> but my mom makes really good oxtail soup Really? Yeah. Oh, like a Basque like um she like she does different renditions but um mostly it's a wine based and yeah, tomato yeah, based okay. and you put it in a Dutch oven and let it get really soft forever. Yeah, yeah and it's really and you like good. the gristle and the cartilage and yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. No, it's good. It's great for you. Yeah. Collagen? good for your skin (laughs) you always need more everyone thinks that that's fat when they get when they come across stuff like that and oxtail and Mm -hmm. those those like kind of like gooey textures but it's totally good for you it's yeah maybe it's also an asian thing like i grew up eating that texture and i think Uh for some people who didn't it might be like ooh, it's fat that's fat i'm 50 50 on it It's an acquired, maybe, maybe it's an acquired texture more so than taste. It's yeah. really not a taste thing. Yeah, Fortunately, I was working in Chinatown, and half our team is Asian, so like that kind of, kind of get, get a little bit of everything. We uh, do eat a lot of Chinese food. We do eat food. a lot of Chinese food, yeah. But I guess for yeah. my answer, probably more like in the meat world. It's probably such a dude response, but one of the, one of the guys on our team, Dan Fox, is like an amazing food griller. So food griller? I guess food, food, griller. food griller. I mean, expert, meat griller. Yeah, he just all he does is grill meat food. Griller. Okay, he's an expert meat griller. Yeah, okay. so he's totally taken us to a new level on uh, barbecue just, champ of the team. Well, not just barbecue, but just he's every, just like a meat expert. Yeah, he's a meat uh, expert. So. He even has one of those thermometers that you stick into the meat and tells you what temperature, and he knows when to take it out. And it's uh-huh. like the temperature's peaking. Take it out. I, actually, I, mean, I, actually think, I don't think that's such like an innovative. It was just oh, innovative, I don't know. For it me, was innovative for us. For yeah, me, for, it may change my not, life, but I think we're behind <laughs> everyone else. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but, yeah, meat thermometers really <laughs> totally improved the. Yeah, I guess that's important sometimes. I like the mystery sometimes too. When yeah. you don't know what you're gonna get. <laughs> Maybe. I thought <laughs> kinda like it knowing it's perfect though. <laughs> I guess it's a meat person thing. Uh I actually I was on Governor's Island yesterday for oh, yeah. a cookout NYC and I was helping out I saw like, your photo from the ferry, I guess, when yeah. you were leaving. Yeah. yeah, it was so nice. Um I saw um it wasn't like a meat heavy event. It was kinda meat heavy, but you know, it wasn't like Meatopia last year, but there's this guy um, in line, and I saw he was wearing a shirt that looked kind of faded. It was the most, it was the funniest shirt ever, because um, it totally convinced me, because I did a double take. But it, w- it looked like a Mets shirt, but instead of Mets, it said meats. <laughs> I was Sold. like, okay, meats. That's funny. <laughs> we'll, be linking, we'll be linking to his site later on the show. <laughs> I don't know where he came up with that. It looked like an old shirt, too, not like one of those new kind of knockoffs. Nice, anyway. nice. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. <laughs> 
Did you cook for that? No, I was uh, I was judging it, I guess, oh, and I was helping cool. out with the kimchi palooza, as you, oh. as you know, from our friend. Oh yeah, Mama O is right. Mama O, Mama O was hysterical. She was in, <laughs> she was in top form. Wow. She, she was a fellow judge. I never judge. actually met Mama O herself. She's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, who made this one? Because we we were doing a homemade kimchi dish making contest. Mm-hmm. She's like. Very good. Maybe next time you make it, not so much. She's <laughs> like giving tips on these people. Like, okay. Thanks. And she's like, I don't know. It was great. Uh, well, you, you have some kimchi right in front of I you. I know. Right what now. is this? <laughs> it's so it's, good, by the way. It's dried kimchi. Oh, okay. And it tastes like a chip. You should try it. You can yeah. eat it right now. Yeah. There's a, there's a okay. delayed burn on the, yeah, <laughs> on the digestion. It, yeah, watch out. I can it, handle it. Because the spice is like the after yeah. effect. It's like air. It's like. Outer space kimchi. Veronica, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Veronica had a bigger bag that she was passing around the table this morning. Then she kind of grabbed it back. She, <laughs> she wouldn't let it circle around again. It's limited. It's limited supply, yeah. I don't know if that's super spicy or just super pickled tasting. It's like a con- condensed chip of yeah of, of fermentation yeah, it's, in yeah. my mouth. We just want to see how well you can handle a radio show with your mouth on fire. <laughs> Well, do you guys have any um, other... I know you just had a launch, and yeah. do you see any, like, parties or, I don't know, something incentive to, I don't know, going goings-on with well, the Goji I mean, world? Or? Well, we, we are having a party for all our contributors. Oh, sweet. Here. That's right. Actually, Gr- Josh Greenfield's uh, rooftop here in Brooklyn. <laughs> that should <laughs> be fun. Yeah, that'll Good be Good way really to meet fun. everyone. Yeah, for all our contributors here. All Goji contributors, if you're listening, party <laughs> on down. Get your I'm plane sure you tickets. probably will anyway. Get your plane tickets. Start biking. From- <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our contributors are all over the world. Yeah, they're all Sorry, over. I'm yeah. still like snobby. I think that everyone's in New York. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, we do whoops. have a, a good number, but there are... Mm-hmm. There's well, the majority are outside of New York. Yeah, like Australia. The majority? Yeah. Oh, cool. Australia, Canada. England. Oh, wow, you really scoured the net we did yeah. Yeah. Like, like new york's only like 10 or something yeah yeah so well thank you well thank you for including me as one of them yeah. <laughs> i better go home and blog now <laughs> yeah, go cook something kathy okay. <laughs> but make it look good take a pretty picture keep up. there keep better up be a story pack. behind it too <laughs> all right i'll make something with this kimchi as soon as i'm done thank you for this yes sure. and um thank you again for coming on the show thanks, thanks for having all us all time thanks um to jack at, and everyone at heritage thanks, we'll see you next week on let's eat in Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. Bushwick block party, block party, it's a party in the street, free pizza by Roberta, death killer death wrestling, featuring the legendary Mad Dog Tosto, photo booth by Ryan Slack, Waterworld, closed by Chimeradactyl, Mary Meyer, Warren Bogart, death killer asphalt resistant jeans, all types of food for your face, sweet soda by PA, Roberta's Bake Sale, Heritage Food, USA, Orange Cheney Eating Contest by the Orange Cheney Brothers. Live 
music by Alex Trujan, Florida Paper Twin, Gang Sign, The Netherlands, Team Robespierre, Wild Yak, MC Todd, and Bo Breezy, Night Show, yeah. sponsored by Martin Greenfield Clothers, Free Fitness Studio, Heritage Radio Network, Free Williamsburg, Six Point Beer, Momo Sushi Chef, Beer Box USA, Planet of the Bates, Bushwick Block Party, it's a party in the street. All day long. It's with great sadness that we mourn the loss of Ray Dieter, owner of the DBA bars and co-host of Beer Sessions Radio. Ray made this studio brighter every Tuesday at 5 p.m. with his larger-than-life personality, charm, wit, charisma, and expertise. We hope the archives of Ray on our station will serve as some kind of window into the life of a man who meant so much to those he knew and those he didn't know. And on behalf of everybody here at Heritage Radio Network, we thank you, Ray. Um, and they've been doing that for many, many years. And how do they get that, that barrel of beer? Um, did you ever hear of a place called Beer Mountain? Where's I have that? not, actually. Beer Mountain is a place that I climb every once in a while to find barrels of beer um, for my customers. I go up there. I wear big, heavy boots. I carry a sled with me because there's snow and ice. And, uh, <laughs> and I go to the top of the mountain, and I bring back barrels and bottles of beer for the people at my bars. And that's, that's where I got it from, Beer Mountain. You're awesome, Ray. It's better for growing things. There's just more rain and more, more regular temperatures, not as harsh a winter. Sure. So it just became more economically viable to grow it there. Can I just make a statement? I want to apologize to everybody that asked me why hops weren't grown in New York State, because I've told everybody there was a hop light. <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled that out of my ass. So why did you open a bar? in New Orleans? Well, <laughs> everybody asks that question. The basic reason I opened a bar in New Orleans, um, down there, um, the, a, a bit, well, obviously, it's a drink in town. There's a lot of drink in town. It's also a culinary town. They have some of the best restaurants in the country down there, and uh, people told us we were crazy, bringing a good beer, good whiskey, good drinking concept down to New Orleans, because all the people wanted was, you know, huge-ass buds. And that's all well and fine, and, and there's a lot of fun to be had on Bourbon Street, but there's a lot of shit going on down there away from Bourbon Street. And uh, we opened up DBA in 2000, and uh, we had a, a slow beginning because we had a, a pretty good list, and people were like kind of intimidated. But once the restaurant people, the, the, the chefs, the, the service people in the restaurant industry kind of got wind that we were down there and we had a great beer selection, we... We got filled up pretty fast. I mean, it worked out real well. And we opened our second place called Mimi's down there. And another aspect about it is down there, you know, a bar owner is a respected member of the community. We, we pay our taxes. We, we employ people. And we're part of the whole trade industry down there, the whole um, tourist industry. In New York City, we're not treated quite the same. And you know that as well as I speak. We're kind of treated as... Uh, we're not a respected member of the business community as bar owners, necessarily. So you like New Orleans? I love New Orleans. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio. Ray Dieter, a.k.a. Bootsy Collins, was just on the air. Ray, what was it like in the old days? Did you have a band or something? Bootsy Collins, Ray Dieter, DBA. I, I, I play guitar a little bit, but uh, yeah, it was kind of boring. The beer business is a lot more fun, Jimmy. You're just too cool, man. I love you, man. <laughs> Ray, tell us a Tom Peters story. I know you've known him for years. Yeah, you know, I have known him for years, and all the stories that I have about Tom, I cannot tell you on the radio. How about a general beer theme story, like <laughs> okay, the I first you. time you met him? How about that? Okay. The first time I met Tom, he was running a bar in Philadelphia called... Um, Copa 2. Copa 2. Copa 2, right. And uh, he was... I went down there. DBA was 
a brand new bar. We went down there, and uh, he was one of the most generous, wonderful guys. He's like, oh, DBA, I love you guys. Like, how did he hear about us? I have no idea. But he knew who we were, and he treated us like kings. And uh, free food, free drinks, so generous. And then I found out that he didn't own the place. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense now. Um, if anyone's offering a course like that, it's a scam. It's, it's, it's <laughs> absolutely. I took a course at NYU about opening a bar, and it was just a fallacy. It was just ridiculous. They, they have no idea. Um, they have, it's, it's all about math, too. And, and the math they talk about is really fun, but it's really not pertinent to what you do on a day-to-day living. Um, yeah, we need beer. Can somebody all right. open some beer all right, up? I'm all over this. Give me a minute. Give me a My bottle. My glass is empty. <laughs> this is the first show we haven't been drinking beer nonstop. Right. Hey, Ray, how are you? How was your weekend? Uh, you know, my New Year's was fine. Uh, I made a few bad choices, but you're supposed to. Um, that's just what it is. New Year's is about making bad decisions. Um, and I did that. But it, all in all, okay, I, I lived through it. Like I say, we're the only brewery in the world. We have wooden oak casks. So yeah, we yeah, employ yeah, yeah, yeah. When are we going to get some keys? Well, well, I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's, that's the reason. I mean, these, these casks, we sell them. We sell them in England. You can't ship these things across the Atlantic Ocean. How about if I we mean, provide the casks? <laughs> even if we provide, we we do provide. The when casks. I say we, I mean by America. Well, I can, um, and by America, I mean Union. <laughs> union <laughs> beer. Cask, cask beer done the traditional way, as we do it, has a shelf life of probably about a week after it. Um, after it's brewed. Yeah, but we after have some casks coming over here. I know the Shelton Brothers brings some casks in. I know that the United Nether Importer brings yeah, some that, casks. I mean, that's fantastic. They're, all, they're well, fine. I'm really glad that you appreciate, you know, that's that's great for you that you no have pressure. English cask beer. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, I mean, to be, to be brutally honest, the way that we do things at Sam Smith is that we are very, very traditional, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's what our what we believe our success is based on is sticking to our sticking to what well, we I mean, do but best. But IPA was made to be sent to India, and that's before airplanes and big steamships. I mean, if you really want to be traditional, you can like you know we can get a donkey cart to come around South of Africa or whatever <laughs> on a tramp steamer and bring it over. But I think I think it's time for Samuel yeah. Adam Samuel well, sorry Samuel Smiths <laughs> to be. Available in cask occasionally for special events in in New York. Not, yeah, a lot I mean, of the, a lot of the beers in England. I mean, uh, most of the breweries, the old old school English ale breweries, would make a barley wine, but it wasn't. They weren't proud of them. It was something that they kept under the shelf, and it was something that like the old guy with a yeah. really greasy red woolly cap in the corner yeah. would get a little glass, and it was like he would get a little bottle of it. It was about six ounces, and he poured into his ale. Yeah, because no nobody would sit there and pound right barley wine like we do here in America. Right. Yeah, and that barley wine that he was pouring into it was his fortification. Ale, yeah, right. His ale yeah. was about three and a half percent. It was a yeah. session beer, and the barley wine back in the day was probably about six percent, six and a half percent. Right, right. And and he didn't want to be seen drinking that because. Only old drunks drank barley wine, <laughs> but that's a whole old little, profile. Little nip, yeah, yeah. And now, so he would do. He would he would dip that little glass into into his into his ale, and he would drink that. He'd sip that and quietly have a nice day. <laughs> Can't wait to be old. <laughs> <laughs>